All right, welcome, welcome. Shalom to everyone that is here and watching later online. This is being recorded and just want to say we love and appreciate everyone that is here. I am not as good looking as Pastor Ken. I apologize for that right now, but I get the honor and privilege um, alongside my invisible wife right here. And she will be joining us soon. We are on baby duty at the moment. And those of you who know what that's like, there's two little ones here. So um, she's in that process, but she'll be joining us the moment she can. So let's pray in the name of Jesus. Ellie, go to sleep. Hallelujah. And uh, let's get started with some prayer. Thank you for coming. Holy Father, Rokodesh, thank you for your spirit to flow tonight. Help the words that come through may not be mine, may be downloaded from heaven. Lord, to benefit those who are here and those that will listen later, Lord, that this is a timely word. Thank you for this Torah portion. There's so much to grasp from it, so much to learn from it. We thank you for these things. In Yeshua's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, bring up my notes here. All right. So let's go through a quick uh, summary. And this is actually provided, this summary is provided by um, Jane and... Um, Jane and Natalie, and the tour portions for the children actually in the ministry. So let me read the quick summary so then we can actually get into it. So as lesson summary is, in the last week's tour portion, God used Joseph to interpret Pharaoh's dreams and give him a plan to make preparations for the seven years of famine. I want to make sure that we're all on the same page as we move forward. That was coming. Joseph became a powerful ruler in Egypt. During the seven years of abundance, Joseph built storehouses to store up the food for the seven years of famine. During the famine, Jacob heard that there was food in Egypt, so he sent his sons, Joseph's older brother, to buy the food. When they came to Egypt to buy the food, they bowed down to Joseph as just as he, <laughs> he saw in his dream when he was a younger boy. It's incredible how that happened. His brothers did not recognize him, but Joseph knew who they were. Joseph questioned his brothers because he wanted to know if their father wanted to know if his father and younger brother, Benjamin, were still alive. Wanted to see if his brothers, Benjamin, Joseph pretended that they were spies and said to his older brothers, you have to prove to me that you are not spies. Return to your home and bring your youngest brother to me. He wanted proof. Joseph took his brother Simeon from them and tied, tied him up. He told them if they don't bring Benjamin back, he will, he will keep uh, Simeon in prison. When they returned home and told Jacob all that had happened, Jacob was very distressed and angry. He did not, I can't imagine your children go for food and come back one missing. He did not want to let Benjamin go. It took a very long time for them to convince Jacob that if he didn't let, that, let them take Benjamin with them back to Egypt, they cannot go buy food. Oof. When they returned to Egypt with Benjamin, Joseph had his brothers brought to his house. He also took Simeon out of prison and had him brought to his house. Joseph and his servants prepared a meal for him and his brothers. The brothers were very afraid because they did not know why Joseph brought them to the house. They thought it was because they were being punished for selling Joseph. 
When Joseph came home, they saw that all his brothers had become very emotional and wanted to cry. He went into the private home, private room in his home and cried. Then he washed his face and came back to, to them. Dinner with his brothers. He gave Benjamin five times more food than he had given to the other brothers. Joseph struggled with his emotions and how to reveal himself to his brothers. He was struggling to find a way to tell them in this week's tour portion, Joseph reveals himself to his brothers. Whew, all right, got that out of the way. So that's a little catch up for those who want to understand and maybe haven't read the whole thing just yet. You still obviously have the whole week until Shabbat, um, end of Saturday for this tour portion. Um, but I have to tell you that Joseph, in, in my personal opinion, um, I believe Joseph for me is one of my favorite historical figures and biblical juggernauts. I really do believe that. Um, I'm a little uh, keen to his story. There's, I feel like there's a lot of things that just make him fantastic and great and incredible manager and a leader, not just detail oriented, but a leader of men and a visionary. Um, I find him to be just incredible. And in fact, I'm a little jealous because one of the things I love most about Joseph is that the Bible stated that he was very good looking and I strive to one day reach that level. My wife thinks so. So we're, we're okay. In fact, it even says in Genesis 39, six, he was a well-built and handsome man. I don't have the well-built part because I haven't worked out a day in my life, but I'm working on the handsome. So some of his special traits, and you can have this in some of the notes, if you look at, um, the WhatsApp group, uh, the notes were provided there. God gave Joseph the power to interpret dreams. A lot of people that I know have that incredible power. I think that's phenomenal. Um, I've had many dreams and only a few of them uh, came out the way I believe were interpreted. So that's not my gifting. And I'm so excited to know people who, who that is. And I think Pastor Lisa is definitely one of them. Uh, this enhanced his natural gift of discernment. Joseph was also very a very emotional man. He was deeply stirred and weeped on several occasions. He really cared about his family and about life. Just this demonstrated a softness, which would be an unusual characteristic for someone who had gone through such a hard life. I think we can all agree for that. Most people who go through very difficult, challenging lives are very rough and, and, and struggle to be compassionate. But the story of Joseph is a story of a child who exalted himself before his family, saying that they would bow down before him. I don't know about any of you, but how would you feel if your brother or sister had said that one day you would bow before them? How would that make you feel? Imagine your brother or sister telling you that, hey, one day you're going to bow before me. I'll tell you what, something I always say. The acronym for ego is edging God out. We have to be careful about our pride because some of us are very talented, whether it's musicianship or a spoken word or just uh, the ability of uh, understanding and discerning certain things beyond what is uh, natural and maybe into the supernatural. And some of the gifts that God has given you has caused you to step into realms where you uh, are stepping on a mountain that maybe you shouldn't be on. I would challenge you to check your ego, edging God out. Then Joseph was, after revealing that to his siblings, then he was humbled. He even was betrayed by his brothers when he was sold into slavery, even ending up in Egyptian prison to be seemingly forgotten forever. 
wow, I can't imagine that feeling. Knowing that essentially you did nothing wrong. He was put in a pit and sold to, which most of us know the Ishmaelites are basically cousins, right? Same issue we're having right now with Arabs versus Israel. And basically like Pastor Ken and I always restate it. It's basically like they just have a father issues. And I really do believe in the end days that's going to be healed. And there's going to be a massive following, massive coming together in the name of the Lord. And I really do believe that's going to happen. But let's continue. In that place, he receives, in prison, he receives a prophetic revelation from his Father in heaven that allows him to be exalted out of that prison, to be seated at the right hand of Pharaoh, second in charge of all of Egypt. I don't know about you, but Egypt was an established country. Education was phenomenal. Massive wealth. So many beautiful things happening there. As he is now in charge, he foresees by prophetic revelation, again from God, that there is coming a famine upon Egypt for seven years. And as he prepares, no one else in the land is prepared. And people from all over the land would have come to Joseph to get grain, to get food, substance. As Joseph is in charge, of the grain storage. But now as Joseph sees many people, one day, ha, some familiar faces show up. It's his brothers, the ones who betrayed him. I'm not sure how it would feel if I, I mean, I'm not perfect. I'd like to think uh, my wife thinks I am, but I don't know how I would feel in that moment, knowing what they had done to me. And all that I have now is the power to do essentially anything I want. And so, wow, selling him into slavery, causing him to end up in prison, causing him not to see his father and causing him to be cut off from his lineage, his inheritance, the love of his father. Some of us know that he was the favorite. And here they are before him, the story that parallels the life of Christ and Yeshua. Let's look at some parallels. Um, Actually, I don't have these in the notes and you know what let me actually copy them here and put them in one second if you bear with me i'm going to put them in the chat so if you go over to the chat i will copy and paste these and see if it lets me okay it says it's too long Ooh, that's like one of pastor ken's messages he has about twenty-five thousand notes all right let's see all right send here we go. And if you want to follow along with me, I think we only have time to go through a few of these. But I want to make sure that you have these. Here we go. And last one. Let's see if it lets me. There we go. Beautiful. Okay. Let's look at some of the parallels because Joseph is a type of Christ. Ben Joseph. Here we go. Let's look at some of the parallels. Joseph was betrayed by his brothers, Israel. Yeshua was betrayed by his brothers in Israel when he was ultimately crucified for the sins of the world. He went down into prison, the depths of uh, Johanna. Yeshua was resurrected and he sits at the right hand of Adonai. But just like Jesus, Joseph was resurrected out of prison to be seated at the right hand. Wow to be second in charge of all of Egypt. 
Joseph was a shepherd. Jesus is the good shepherd. Amen. Joseph was the beloved of his father. Jesus is the beloved of the father. Amen. Matthew 3, 17. He lived in his father, father in, his, in honor before going down to Egypt. That's right. Lived with God before coming to earth. And that was Jesus. Joseph was hated by his brothers because Jacob special because of Jacob's special love for him. Correlation. Jesus was hated by his brothers because Jesus claimed God as his father. Wow. Joseph was sent by his father to his brothers for their welfare. Jesus was sent to the lost sheep of Israel by his father and to save the world. Amen. Joseph was stripped of his coat. Jesus was stripped of his coat, covered with the scarlet robe. His brothers, while eating, intended to slay him. Oof. The Jews, while eating the Passover feast, desired to kill Jesus. Wow. The parallels are uncanny. Joseph was sold into Egypt at the proposal of Judah. Jesus was betrayed at the hand over the Jews by Judas. And we know Jew means Judah. Joseph was taken out of the pit, alive in his body. Jesus resurrected from the tomb, and we know alive. Hallelujah. Joseph's blood-sprinkled coat, which is obviously the goat's blood, was presented to his father. Wow. Jesus is our scapegoat, and his blood was presented to the Father as a sin offering. And I got two last ones. We'll continue. Joseph was, Joseph became a servant. Jesus became the servant. Amen. Joseph's master was well pleased with him. Hallelujah. The heavenly Father was pleased with what Jesus did. Wow. So good. So good. All right. So let's get started with a little prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time as we actually start right here with the actual Torah portion moving forward in this time. I thank you that you bless this right now. In Jesus' name we pray. So this week's Torah portion opens with Judah's passionate plea to the high Egyptian official, who we know is really his long-lost brother, Joseph. Let's look at what lies under the surface of jo Judah's words. Let me move here. What he's saying is actually reminiscent of an event that occurred way back in the Garden of Eden. We're going to look at some parallels here. The connection kind of begins with Judah's explanation as to why Benjamin cannot stay behind in Egypt. Benjamin was framed by Joseph for stealing his silver goblet. Wow. The Egyptian official has called for the thief to remain behind as his personal slave, while all the other brothers return to their father. So Judah now begins to speak about why he can't be allowed, why this can't be allowed to happen, why Benjamin at all costs has to be allowed to return to his father. Why is this so important coming from Judah? There's something powerful about the fact that this is coming from Judah and not someone else. Why? Judah emerged as the group's spokesman. Now listen to this. He was broken. He had broken faith. And with his family, by marrying a, Can a Canaanite woman, had raised such wicked sons that the Lord had put two of them to death, had threatened his daughter-in-law 
as a prostitute as Genesis 38, 24, and had hatched a plan to sell his brother as a slave, which we all know. But the story Judah told Joseph showed that he was a changed man. And this is why it's so important that it came from Judah. Let's look at Genesis 18. Here we go. Then Judah approached him and said, I beg your pardon, my Lord. Please let your servant say a word in my Lord's ears. And don't be angry with your servant since you are like Pharaoh because he carried the signet ring. My Lord asked his servant saying, do you have a father or a brother? So we said to the Lord, we have a father who is old. A child born to him of his old age is young. Now his brother is dead. So he is the only one of his mother's children left. And his father's love loves him. Then you said to your father's servant, bring him down to me. And so that I can look at him. But I want everyone to, to, to park here. Verse 22. But we said to my Lord, the boy cannot leave his father. If he were to leave his father, he would die. Oof. Then you said to your servants, unless the young brother comes down with you, you won't see my face again. Whew. Genesis 44, 22. Let's focus right here for a second. But when he said to my Lord, the boy cannot leave his father. If he were to leave his father, he would die. The boy cannot leave his father. If you listen to those words, that phrase, to leave his father. Now, Think of a moment that you have heard this phrase before. It is constructed precisely the same way as the phrase we hear all the way back in the Garden of Eden, a phrase that describes marriage. Let's go there. Genesis 2, 24. Therefore shall a man leave his father, leave his father and his mother and shall cleave to his wife and they shall be one. In other words, because Eve was, for, was formed from Adam's rib, a man leaves behind his father and his mother. So in Joseph's speech about Benjamin, the parallel is the word to leave his father. So we find another parallel in verse 20. Let's go there. Genesis 44, 20. And we said to the Lord, we have a father, an old man, and a young brother. The child is his old age, the child of his old age. His brother is dead. He alone is left of his mother's children, and his father's love, and his father loves him. I want to focus on the word he alone. Genesis 3:18, the Lord God said. It is not good for man to be alone. We're looking at parallels. I will make a helper suitable for him. In the Garden of Eden, Adam was, you guess it, alone. And God had not thought that that was very good. So he created beautiful, beautiful Eve. I believe she's the most gorgeous woman who has ever lived in all of history. Because the Bible says most likely they were both perfect. To be Adam's companion in marriage. And now 
For some reason, Judah is using that very word to describe Benjamin. This seems a little strange, though. Benjamin isn't getting married. But let's dive into what I believe in my research, a theory from Rabbi Foreman about what the Torah is trying to tell us here. Adam is alone, and he is about to meet Eve, another person, and what she, what and what's she going to do? She is going to complete him. And that's what's powerful about this. She is going to complete him. And Benjamin, too, is what? Alone. And although he doesn't know it yet, he is about to meet his long-lost brother. So they are both about to discover that this Egyptian official that they are begging, essentially, is actually their long-lost brother, Joseph. Which means that each of these people, Adam one, Adam on the one hand and Benjamin on the other, has another half, a person he is deeply connected to, someone who completes him. And each is alone, sort of separated from that person. So Adam, we know that he is alone, and what he's actually missing is his feminine side, right? And so the Lord took from his rib and provided his feminine side to complete him. And what is that like when a boy grows up and becomes a man and departs from his parents? What is he looking for? He's looking for a wife who what? Will complete him. What makes a man really leave that unity of the parents only seeking for another unity, another form of unity, because he understands that in order to really be whole, he has to come together with his lost rib, with that feminine side of himself that he's actually missing. I don't know about you, but I think whatever rib that God chose must have been the most beautiful rib because I don't know if my wife is gorgeous and I'm so glad that she came from that side of the, of all the ribs that man had and uh, women are absolutely beautiful inside and out. And I'm so excited to be married. Hallelujah. Thank God. His grace and mercy over my life. So Genesis 2, 24, let's get spiritual again. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall become one, what? Flesh. Have you ever lost someone in your family or someone estranged or has traveled far away? I want you to think of that person um, if that's happened to you, hopefully not. Um, I'll tell you what though, meeting that loved one again can be described as a magical pull. There's something about a long lost love or a long lost child who's gone away and has come back, even as simple as children going off to college and coming back. And I dread that day, but I'm very far away from it at the moment. But that thought of it's a magical pool to get back with them. We find that in Benjamin and Joseph are the only two children of Rachel. And yet fate would separate them. I believe there was a magical pull, something beautiful, a magnetic, complete magnetic pull. And I believe God was reuniting them on purpose. 
it wasn't just geographical distance that would separate them. Joseph would eventually become estranged from the family, part of a whole new culture and a whole new life. Actually, you know what? Notice that Joseph is falsely accusing them of stealing a silver goblet. Joseph seemed to truly be estranged from his family. Still a God-fearing man, but sometimes when you are in the world for a long time, you start to pick up worldly traits. And I don't know if anyone has a testimony here, but I've had my moments in life where I know that when I was a youth, I was born and raised. I practically, I think I was born in a pew. I was practically born in the church. And uh, I found myself, um, <clears throat> I guess, in terms of being a good boy or bad boy and all that stuff. Uh, I was a very well-behaved child, although I was crazy and whatnot, of course. Um, I've had cops called on me many times as I grew up in my teenage years for just hanging out in gas stations and just talking and being too loud and just doing rambunctious things and, and just being crazy. But aside from that, thank God, no drugs, no alcohol, and the Lord has, has spared me from those things and those temptations. Um, but there was also, and I believe many of us probably had that moment where you go, hmm, this is, this is getting too much to be good for so long. And I had my walk away moment. And thank God that was just for a brief moment. Um, but I found myself kind of becoming worldly and by nature. Um, I'll tell you what, I was still blessed that I still had my core values where I still wouldn't curse and th do different things like that. But I found myself further and further away from God and how I was before. And um, a lot of times when we take up the stance of, uh, I don't need to go to church. Uh, I'll do church by myself in my closet. I'll take on that responsibility of feeding myself. I don't know about you, but sometimes that's just a distraction from the enemy to pull you away from the community of believers who will, uh, first off, keep you accountable, your shepherd. Uh, but second, help you in times of need and give you clarity on different things that may come up in your life. And so we find here that Joseph might have been a little estranged and maybe not lost, but far gone from the customs that he was used to from the house of his father. So let's come back. It is Ju Judah's powerful words that seem to transform Joseph. Joseph's heart seems to melt a description of Benjamin's loneliness. Hmm. In tears, he unmasks himself. He reveals himself to Benjamin's long. Uh, he reveals himself to be Benjamin's long lost other half. Remember that the only two of the beloved Rachel, the favorite wife, and really the favorite children, almost like Adam and Eve, Joseph and Benjamin. They find themselves drawn to each other. They embrace with tears of joy as they, as they reveal in their newfound sense of completion, they have found each other at long last. So Joseph embraces Benjamin and it's quite dramatic and emotional. But look what happens after the embrace, Genesis 45, 15. And he kissed all his brothers and wept upon them. 
Finally, after this, his brothers talked with him. That's interesting. There was a larger circle of brothers from whom Joseph was estranged. And now Joseph, he first reaches out to Benjamin, but then reaches out to the other brothers, embraces them, and kisses them too. It is as if Benjamin is a kind of stepping stone for Joseph, a way back into connecting him with his larger family, the children of Leah, healing. It, it ends by saying to the, he ends it by saying to the, the brothers spoke with him. That's how the verse ends, that the brothers spoke with him. Why did it end like that? Well, it seems the Torah is trying to close the circle. The story of Joseph's story, the, the start of Joseph's story arc is that the brother's inability to speak to Joseph. Genesis, let's go to Genesis 37, 4. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all the other brothers, they hated him and could not speak with him in Shalom. Wow, isn't that interesting? So it's saying here, it closed the circle that they finally spoke but at the start of the story, they did not speak. A little, a little slice of wholeness had begun and had been brought back into the family, torn by pain. So let's reflect on how we can apply Joseph's lesson to our lives in this time today. All right. This here. So Joseph tested his brothers to see if their hearts had changed. Yeshua sees us, and when we come to him and say we repent of our sins, we turn from our sins, we have done of all the sins that we've done in the past, he will see whether we will do the same thing again, and if we are tempted in the same way again. Hmm. He will even allow us to be tempted in order to see whether our repentance was true. I don't know about you, but... Just because you receive Christ and Yeshua in your heart, it doesn't mean that things get easier. In fact, a lot of times it's quite the opposite. And there are different tests that show up. There are different trials and tribulations that show up. You know, some of us have a calling on our life. And sometimes before you are revealed to be able to handle that calling, you are put through a test. And Joseph tested his brothers to see if their heart had changed. And so Yeshua sometimes will test to see if we have truly repented from our sins and we've turned away from what we've done in our past. And if see, we'll do it again. He will even allow us to be tempted in order to see whether we have truly repented. And oh, here we go. Here's my beautiful wife. Let me get her in. There we go. All right. Awesome. Okay. We're going we're gonna to get good right here at the end. <laughs> okay. So just as Benjamin received a double portion from Joseph for having never spoke, uh, uh, partaken in the betrayal, so he will receive a double portion from Yeshua. So we will receive a double portion from Yeshua, our father, if we never played a part in betraying Yeshua. Notice that Joseph's blessing came from trial and tribulation. Benjamin, on the other hand, didn't have that same trial and tribulation. I want us to look at something. There's something that's kind of interesting here. And as we're getting close to the close here, 
Genesis 49:27. You want to read that, baby? Yes. 49:27. Okay. So it says, Benjamin is a revenue wealth. In the morning, he devours spoils, and in the evening, divides plunder. Amen. One second. Zoe, go to bed, mi amor. Go to bed, princess. Okay. All right. So, okay. So Benjamin would become someone that would never be satisfied, never having enough. Isn't that interesting? It is better to be Joseph than Benjamin. That is so true. We would be more eager to share our blessing with others if we truly appreciate the cost. Remember when all the other brothers, let me move over here, child duty. Remember when all the other brothers were standing in front of Joseph and he was about to make judgment, what did he do? He commanded all the Egyptians to leave the room, leaving only his brothers. Everyone say Israel. Genesis 45, 1. Now, Joseph could no longer restrain himself in front of all those who were standing by him. So he cried out, get everyone away from me. So no one stood with him when Joseph made himself known to his brothers. Joseph sent out the enemies of Israel as Yeshua will separate the sheep from the goats. Now, where do we see that? We see that in Matthew 25, 31 to 33, when the son of man in his glory, and let me start that again. When the son of man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will gather before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. Separates the sheep, separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right hand and the goats on his left. How do you make sure that you are the sheep and not the goats? Let's read Matthew 25, 35, and 36. I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you, be, and you came to visit me. Wow. Are we doing these things? I want to challenge everyone here. The things that he would judge us by. I know that some of us are live a life that is considered crazy. It's considered fast moving. Um, maybe you're involved in things that you shouldn't be or deals that you shouldn't be. I challenge you to question whether those things would be judged. Joseph wept so loudly that even the Egyptians heard him. He was filled with sorrow and joy at that moment. Now, here's what's interesting. I really do believe Yeshua will weep in the end days with love for those that followed in his ways and for those that chose ungodly deeds. There's going to come a time in judgment. I can't imagine coming down from the throne, putting on skin, living our life as a true example, dying for us, 
doing all these things so that we may be able to have that second, that I always say that last second chance and knowing that some may not enter. But at the same time, many of those would choose to follow him. And I think that's, that's a powerful thing. So this world allows evil to flourish, but God will no longer allow that to happen when his new kingdom is set up. And then we're going to end here with Revelations 21, 4. And God shall weep, God shall wipe away all the tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain. For the former things are passed away. Amen. Amen. And so I think there's so much to learn from, from the story of Joseph and his brothers. And I really do believe that we have a lot to look at here as there's so many correlations of Joseph and Yeshua HaMashiach and how we can go through life where even if sometimes we step a little ahead of our calling or we have a talent that might be greater than the competitor and we decide to showboat. And what does that lead us to? It leads us down the wrong path. Mm-hmm. And I really do believe that in those times, we'll actually have to decide whether that's something that we're going to put before God. I know that we talk a lot about idols. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's as simple as TV, streaming services, mm-hmm. our cell phones. I know we were talking about the other day is um, how addicted are most people in this generation to their mobile device, their smartphone, mm-hmm. right? If you realize that you can't even go from room to room without your cell phone, maybe it's a God in your life. Maybe it's an idol. Mm-hmm. And we know that Abraham was crossed over one. When he crossed over the Euphrates River, he was known as the one who left idolatry behind. And idolatry really represents the world. Some of us came to Christ as an adult. Like I told you, I came as a child. I didn't have a choice. Um, I do believe that even Zoe doesn't have a choice. In fact, her name means life, devoted to God. Yeah. Devoted to God. Mm-hmm. Zoe Isabella Hernandez. She has no choice. Um, but some of us had that choice. And as an adult, you've had the past creep up and you were serving idolatry and you got to experience basically what Abraham got to experience was presented the gospel. Mm-hmm. Of course, he got it from Adonai himself and decided to cross over. And I think that's a beautiful thing. It's a great opportunity because that just means your testimony has weight to it. I want you to think about the fact that sometimes we have gone through trials and tribulations. You know, we've lost our job. We've gone through sickness. We've gone through um, deaths in our family that maybe really difficult to bear, but it's those things that as you come out of that, and when the time comes of grief is over and healing has set in that you could use that testimony to help others. What is the meaning of testimony is to share is to repeat. Mm -hmm. And that's what test. That's the reason why we give testimonies is because it uplifts us to believe that what the Torah says from beginning to the end, right? From Genesis to revelation, all of it pointing to Yeshua is true in our life. And I really do believe that if we give God or dedicate our life to him, like Joseph went through the fire. I mean, he was set to be forgotten. I mean, we remember from the past uh, last week's Torah portion, he said, remember me, (laughs) right? He gave us two prophecies and he said, remember me. 
to the cupbearer and the baker, baker mm-hmm. right? And the baker we know was passed away and, and the cupbearer was promoted. And it wasn't until, let's say, the 11th hour that he was remembered. Two years later. Right? Mm-hmm. And uh, we know that Joseph was actually only 30 years old when he came into power. Wow. I'm 37 today. And we're both 37. I can't imagine even having that power today. <laughs> I don't know that I'm You're sure. You're 37. I'm, I'm 30. Oh, 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 sorry. Sorry. I'm, 30. I'm 37. <laughs> She's 27. Is that where we're going to go with? <laughs> All right. Um, but I can't imagine even just having that. And what's beautiful is that not only did God promote him to those standards, but he sustained him there. And we know that Pharaoh agreed to give Israel, future Israel, you know, Jacob and his sons, the best of the land. Yes. Goshen, right? Mm-hmm. The best. And I believe that is what God is calling all of us to do is if we truly give him our life and step away from the little things, like for example, profanity, um, allowing certain things to come out because you know what you pour into yourself spirit wise and even physically will show itself to be true in different circumstances and so if we put those things aside and really dedicate our life to really be crossed over ones hebrews i really do believe that we would live a life that resembles joseph's that god will give us a signet ring right which mm-hmm. we all know is a sign of authority we have the ability to even charge angels to help us in times of need. Mm-hmm. And basically that ring, right? That power, it's the Holy Spirit now. Wow. It's the Ruach, right? And that's how, how we see it. We do have it, but, you know, it's almost like, you know, sometimes it's hard for us to understand or, or believe, right? That that power that the Ruach has given us will give us, the 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 power to heal the sick right to cast demons right and and we know it but do we do it enough right are we allowing ourselves to to deeply seek the lord but allow the holy spirit to guide us every single day every single day when we wake up in the morning from the moment we get up with the holy spirit guide me Every step that I do today, right? If I'm driving and he starts working, he says, okay, you know, that person needs you to pray for them, right? That person in the, at the light is going through a hard time. You know, you have a little bread there, you have something, right? That he does that to us. And, and I know he does that with each of you every day. So I think it's, you know, we are, um, I feel we're in a season when the Rua wants to ignite you know, our hearts like never before, like fire. He wants deep, you know, for us to really um, meditate in his world, to really uh, make sure that, that, that we're feeling ourselves. Like, what are we listening to? What are we hearing? It's important. We're at the end times. There is no time to waste. Right. And right now the Lord is preparing us. He's preparing his church. He wants radical people. Right. So we need to align ourselves to that uh, and not allow all the distractions of the world, right? To take that away from us. 
because I feel like even with the holidays and, uh, you know, you get so busy and, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, Hanukkah, it, it's done. So we get to rest a little bit. Mm-hmm. But at the same Although time, we're still celebrating <laughs> a little bit here. We're still there, right? Now. <laughs> and so it's still getting Somehow she's still friends. getting gifts. I don't I don't know how this happened to She got a us. present, every, both of them, every yes, single yes. night of Hanukkah. <laughs> um, but, you know, what are we allowing, you know, the, the enemy to use to distract us? Because um, right now, what um, the desire of the Lord is for us to be on our knees, is for us to seek him with all our heart, with all, all our soul, to seek him in spirit and in truth. So we encourage you today to really um, be intentional like never before, to seek him, to, um, to allow to make room for, for the Holy Spirit to work in your life, to work in your in family. If you have family gatherings, right? For him to actually use you in a powerful way to speak to your family members so that they can come to the knowledge uh, of Christ, mm-hmm. of Yeshua, right? But, you know, it's how many times have we talked about it? But I think right now it's time for action, right? Mm-hmm. So it's true. time to do it, knowing that it's not us that is going, but it's the Holy Spirit, the Ruach that is working. Is that ring that you're talking about, right? That gives us the power, right? Like, so like Pharaoh gave it to Joseph, saying, "Okay, you can, you can do many things. Mm-hmm. You know, you're mm-hmm. in second in command. Yeah. So we can do. We represent. Yes, we're ambassadors, and we need to. It's our our job and our duty to do it. But most importantly, God is going after your heart." He cares what's in here. Do we have unforgiveness? Do we have things that we haven't, that are unsettled, that we know that the Lord probably really wants us to work through? That maybe, like Mike was mentioning before, pridefulness. Mm. What is it? Let's examine our hearts and let the Lord work in us. Because the Lord it's faithful. And he did such a beautiful work in Joseph and he used him for great and mighty things. Right. And just like Joseph, he wants to use you. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Awesome. Well, with that, yes. we're going to pray and then we'll close uh, the recording. Heavenly father, we yes. thank you for this tour portion that it has ignited our faith, yes. Lord, knowing that no matter what happens in our life, even if we Take a sidestep from the plan, Lord, that you will ultimately do ultimately do a course correction and actually use the negative, use the difficult parts of our life to create the biggest blessings and that those blessings would bless our family just the way that Joseph's authority ended up blessing his family. And as we know it today, even Israel exists because of what Joseph did. He's a patriarch. He's a pillar, even in our faith, Lord. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for the Torah that constantly guides us, Ruach Odesh that literally guides us every single day, and Yeshua HaMashiach who has saved us, given us a second chance at holiness and resurrection power. We thank you, Lord, for tonight. We thank you that this word would help us to be encouraged for this as week. Lord, we thank you for protecting our pastors as they are enjoying their time of refreshing themselves, Lord. We thank you for Natalie as she prepares the word for Saturday. We thank you for all that are here and those who are watching online. We thank you right now for your signs, wonders, and miracles in our life that are evident, Lord, in this congregation and those surrounding. In Yeshua's name we pray. Amen, amen.